Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 215. John and Wendy, welcome back. Georgette Cartagena. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? Wendy, I'm well. Happy April to you. Happy April. Uh, came up fast, I feel like, because uh, I can't believe it's April already. Though uh, we have snow on the ground today, so I guess it is April in South Dakota. <laughs> uh, it is really hard to believe how fast the year has gone already. Mm-hmm. And it's also hard to believe that we are well into event season yes, when it comes we are. to all types of stuff going on. We're starting to see more and more in-person things, which is great to, to mm-hmm. see and hear about. Mm-hmm. However, we wanted to talk about our friends over at Paycor because they've got a virtual event coming up. Yes. So excited. They have their HR and compliance virtual summit, which is April 13 and 14. The beauty of it is it's free. There are multiple credits available for those of you that either have SHRM or HRCI certs, get those credits there. And uh, they have s- several really solid sessions lined up. Unfortunately, we are not part of this particular event. <laughs> it's okay, Paycor. We, All right. we'll, we'll forgive you this time. This time. We've we've had such great times working with Paycor over the last couple of years. We did want to mention the event, particularly if you weren't aware uh, and, and are looking for some great learning opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, and again, to get some certs, there's yeah. a chance. They always do great, great they events, do. great learning. We will have links in the show notes to register for that event. But again, April 13 and 14. Wendy, there was one other thing I wanted to mention that had come up since since we talked the, earlier today. And that is uh want to celebrate one of our friends, Rob Targos, a oh. previous guest of the show. Many of you know Rob. He was very active when we were doing trivia nights and doing things, you know, virtually. Rob has been doing the Cerebral podcast now. He just celebrated a hundred episodes of his wow. show. Wow. Wow. That is awesome. Congratulations, Rob. Um, I'm way behind on my podcast. Listening, <laughs> um, but that is fantastic. I'm so excited for Rob. That's awesome. For those of you that aren't familiar with Cerebral Podcast, so Rob has cerebral palsy. He has created this show all about living with cerebral palsy for his entire life. He talks about ways that he has learned to work in an able-bodied world, particularly he was a kid pre-ADA. And so his experience is different than many people, others that are younger. And he's always looking for ways to help others in the community. I can't recommend the show enough. Obviously, he's been on our show. He is a dear friend. Most shows don't get to 100 episodes, Wendy. Right. We know that. Right, we know. Super excited to see his success there. And we'll have a link in the show notes also to Rob's show to check it out to learn a bit more about what he's got going on. That's so wonderful. Yeah, I'm excited for Rob and I will catch up. I'll get caught up. Or at least I'll start again. <laughs> the great part is his shows are significantly shorter than ours. Oh, well, good. So that, that helps. That'll you, help. 10, 12 minutes. And, and oh, you get a perfect. good good a little bit of learning in that time. You could catch up a lot quicker, though, than trying I, to do. If you're trying to do our backlog, oh, boy. Got yeah, ways especially to when, go. we, when we do the uh, uh, Ask Us Anything episodes. Those get a little long. But, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I, okay. I'm excited. Um, knowing that, that's great because I can, you know, emptying the dishwasher out playing with the dogs, I can get caught up. Awesome. Speaking of catching up, really excited about tonight's guest. This is her third time on the show. So she is working towards that ever elusive number one spot. (laughs) She is well on her way. Let's make the introduction and get started. 
Yes. So excited to welcome Georgette back to the show. We had the pleasure of meeting her in person at HR Florida 19. Wow, I can't believe that was, you know, almost three years ago. Georgette is a former HR intern turned business owner at her company, Intern Gal, an HR business partner at a tech unicorn, where she continues to showcase her passion for employment engagement and development. Outside HR, she continues her service with New Leaders Council of Palm Beach, helping young professionals in her community to be change agents and loving on her sweet Boston Terrier, Cleo. Georgette, welcome back to the show. So excited to have you here. First question, what is in your glass? Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for the invite to uh, come back and catch up with y'all. I really appreciate it. Um, What's in my glass is water these days. (laughs) I think if you look at all of my tweets from HR Social Hour, they're all water related. Nothing wrong with that. Summer's coming, so you got to be up on the water, especially in Florida. Especially in Florida. that's true. (laughs) You're not alone in that. And no matter what Wendy tells anybody, this is not any kind of window cleaner. It is, it is water. <laughs> Just so we're all clear. It's good. It's a weird bottle. Don't concerned. <laughs> Georgia, it is hard to believe. So you were last on episode 136, which was back in October of 20. So what have you been up to since then? Um, a lot and a little at the same time, <laughs> right? 2020 was kind of a cluster of a year leading into 2022. One of the things personally that uh, I, well, me and my fiance got to do was we got to move into a house and kind of do our first big adult buy, which was very exciting. Left my job at the end of 2020, (laughs) right after that. And then um, also stopped volunteering with two organizations. So now I'm streamlining 2021 was the year of streamlining like okay personally let's take some steps forward professionally let's chill a little bit (laughs) (laughs) so a lot and a little i can totally respect that i think one of the i hate to call it i mean it's a good thing that came out of the pandemic is people take reprioritizing some of that and the hustle culture kind of taking a back seat and saying you know you don't have to do everything no, you know, do, right. do what you want, do what gives you joy and brings meaning into what you do. We're volunteering for anything and everything. So one of the things that you didn't give up, and we're happy you didn't give up, was Intern Gal. And you've been doing a lot of work helping organizations with internships. What has been the best thing to come from Intern Gal? Oh, my goodness. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a sap, right? So let me start by saying <laughs> that the... The fact that Intern Gal even continues to exist after that initial episode to me is kind of just awesome. I think the best thing is just seeing the realization on like my clients' faces or through their voice, because a lot of what I do is remote too. It's just like that connection. Like, okay, they were missing something at one point, um, whether they thought it was process or knowledge or just like general confidence in their ability to manage people. And then it clicks and they become excited. And like that moment for me is just so worthwhile because it's like, yes, you, you get it. You're here and you were capable all along, but you just needed a little bit of help to, to get there. Georgette, as you're working with these clients and developing internships, what changes have you seen, particularly as it relates to 
the pandemic and how it's affected so many of us. What's changed? What are you excited about? What are you talking to your clients about that may be different than when you first launched Intern Gal? In terms of changes, you know, in 2020, there were a lot of organizations who just cut the cord and canceled their internships altogether. Um, so slowly over the last year, you know, we've seen internships kind of make a comeback. But those who tried to go remote just by replicating what they currently did in office clearly didn't work for some people. And so there's a lot of companies that are reevaluating um, their experience if they are doing it remotely or, or virtually with more organizations realizing that they have to actually like invest in the experience. I think it's catching up to them, this whole great resignation thing, which I hate the term great resignation because it's totally. the on, like the individual people. So I'm just going to call it the great time of people being purposeful and finding the best possible opportunities for themselves. Cause that's really what's happening here. We can throw a lot of shade and hate towards them, but structural and, you know, systemic things happening. There's a lot of reasons why people are moving at the rate in which they are. And like Wendy said, you know, the pandemic kind of caused a lot of people to reprioritize. And so we're seeing that and we're seeing that with internships, right? Whether or not organizations even prioritize them anymore, or they're making sure to prioritize them because they're like, oh, wait, we need to invest in this other area of our talent strategy that maybe we weren't, you know, valuing beforehand. So that was a little, little soapbox moment there. <laughs> well, that's why we Great. do this. We appreciate that. Let me ask you this from the candidate side. What are you seeing students looking for? Are they looking for the most part? Are they looking for that flexibility of hybrid or remote or, or is that an expectation they have? What are you and your clients seeing there? I wouldn't say it's an expectation. I mean, there's definitely more just awareness of what companies in general have to offer them. I don't have the stats on me, but I was reading an article the other just the other day that was saying that interns are actually taking accepting like a secondary offer and then ending up and going with that place over the first place that they had kind of committed to, right? Which we see a lot with full-time permanent employees. Uh, where the negotiation, they're trying to leverage one offer over the other. Um, and so that's actually happening within the intern space, which I don't think a lot of people would have expected because they're students and, you know, typically less experienced. But of the people who participate in internships, a lot of times those students participate in more than one experience. So they're already getting and trying to position themselves more so for like maximizing their earning potential, either directly within the opportunity that they're about to take because they want to make sure it's paid and it's paid well, or they want to make sure that the job that they could get afterwards, the likelihood is a lot higher and that the pay is higher after the fact. Good for them. You know, yeah, for, for everyone. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is. And I've had a lot of these conversations lately about I hate, I hate talking about the generations, Gen X and boomers. We were told, take your time, earn your stripes, wait, just be patient, just be patient mm -hmm. and work hard and, and it will come, which is a lie. The younger generations have said, no, we're not going to wait. We're going to, we're going to take advantage. We're going to take this advice that's for 
older professionals and apply it to ourselves and, and ask for what we want. So good for them. I think that's great. I love it. Absolutely love it. You also started a new job during the pandemic. So you started, you started and left and, and all of that. What was your experience in making that change during that time? And what advice do you have someone who's looking for a new job now? Well, <laughs> my first thought is it was so restful. Um, <laughs> no, very, it, I say that jokingly, but like looking back at the time, you know, I just remember feeling like so burnt out by my job that I was in at the time that when I was looking at other opportunities and I would go through the process, more so particularly leading up to the role that I'm in now, there was a moment where I was like, what happens if I don't get an offer? Where do I go? Do I just go? Can I afford to just go? Or like, am I just going to have to suck it up for another six months or so while, you know, the right opportunity kind of comes along and uh, presents itself? Definitely felt a lot of panic at that time. <laughs> I'm one of those people who likes to manifest. I like... Anytime I have to do something, work with a client, present, do anything at work where it's like a tough conversation, I kind of go through it in my head a few times and I'm like, okay, how can I optimize this, right? How can I visualize my future and like get myself there? But then I also had to be realistic and say, okay, you know, this interview, I'm going to do all the homework that I can look up the people that I'm meeting on LinkedIn, try and find some commonalities because you know, it can be awkward just going into an interview and knowing things about somebody and then trying to figure out like the best way to be like, hey, we, we actually have this in common. Um, <laughs> I had to remind myself like, okay, this is just one step. And so I hope this step goes well and I feel like it went well and we will just wait and see for what the next step looks like and trying not to get too far ahead of it so that I wouldn't be absolutely heartbroken if I didn't get the role. <laughs> so that was my, my experience. My advice to somebody looking for a job right now, I feel like everybody says it, stay strong. Job search, the job search process is inherently demoralizing on its own. And so it really takes a lot to kind of continue, especially if you've been struggling for a long time to get connected to the right role and kind of thought you were about to have that breakthrough. Um, so having a strong support system is important. The other thing I would say, be intentional about what you want from the job and how it aligns to your values. So for me, when I decided that I was ready to start looking, I made a list of the things that I wanted from my next job and like made sure to prioritize them. So for me, number one, yes, I practice HR, but I, I care a lot, right? That's why I volunteer in the community and I try to support people, you know, individually one-on-one -on -one as much as I can. Um, and so for me, it was important that I found a company that I could be proud of the work that we did as an organization and that in some way, like if I needed to get involved in order to understand, you know, business processes and work with employees that I would be able to connect with them for, for that reason. So mission driven organization was like number one for me. And then number two was being remote, which I recognize that even me saying those words 
in this conversation, there's a lot of privilege to that and not everybody can afford and, and be in a position where they can be that choosy. To anybody listening, like keep that in mind. <laughs> this, this is specific to my situation and kind of what worked for me. But the other thing was being remote. You know, I'd done full-time in office HR. I'd done hybrid sort of on-call HR where I didn't really know if I was going to need to go into the office one week or the other or from one day to the next. So I was done with that. And I was like, nope, I just want to be completely remote because I don't lose the ability to connect with my employees working remotely. I do get more control over how my day is interrupted, right? Because it's different having somebody swing open the door and say, do you have five minutes? Um, and then they just kind of continue walking in and sit down <laughs> versus getting a Slack message that says like, hey, are you available? And I can choose to say no or yes in five minutes, or I could just pretend not to see it for a little bit while I finish my thing, <laughs> what I'm working on, um, and then get back to it, right? Uh, so for me, those were just like the top two things. I, like I said, I made a list of what I wanted to try to be very clear and intentional with myself about what my next step looked like, but it may not work for you. And that's, <laughs> and that's okay, right? Job searching is a very personal process. The only other thing I would add is just seeing how you, your connections can potentially help you get your foot in the door, right? If you're not individually making it on your own in terms of like getting an interview, um, seeing who around you could assist so that you could potentially get to that place. Because for a lot of people, it's mostly about getting in so that they can get in front of someone because once they're in front of someone, they're able to like sell themselves and their value and to create that connection fairly, fairly quickly for some people. Georgia, since you were last with us, one of the things we've started to do is outsource questions to previous guests. Helps take a little bit of load off us. In this case, Joey Price asked, tell us about the aha moment when you knew you were doing what you're supposed to be doing professionally. Hmm. Okay. Well, Mr. Joey Price that is a deep, deep question that I do not have a definitive <laughs> to at this point in time. So I'll give you the closest thing that I've got. There wasn't one singular moment where it was like, yes, this happened. And I, I knew I was meant to be in HR, right? Like uh, similar to a lot of the guests on the show sort of fell into it by accident. But, you know, what keeps me here is that reinforcement or, you know, the moments where a manager or an employee that I'm supporting says like, hey, just so you know, like, I really look forward to our meetings biweekly or weekly basis or whatever cadence they're, they're sort of happening. Or if there's a really tough situation for somebody and, you know, I'm actively trying to do my best to make sure that they're supported and that they have the resources that they need and continually checking in on them to progress. And then they turn around and say like, Hey, I really appreciate that time that you spent with me. You know, HR is in a tough position in a lot of organizations. And so we're not always able to get that. Thank you. Or that I appreciate you. So when it does happen, like for me, that's like, it's like a gold coin that I just like hoard in my pocket <laughs> just accumulate them until the moments where it's like, oh, I need to take it out and remember why I'm here. Well, I'm here for, for these people, for, for that, for those moments where it's like, 
it clicks. But yeah, no singular moment. So sorry, <laughs> Joey. All right, Georgette, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the half hour question connection, which has changed a little bit from the last time you were here. What career did you dream of having when you were a child? Marine biologist or a singer? <laughs> okay, I think marine biologist, this is now what, three in the yeah. last two months? Yeah, that that was the that was the like the job. But I just the weird, I you know, I just got like a flash from like an eighties style TV sitcom of the singing marine biologist, which I think would be hysterical. <laughs> If I recall correctly, weren't we supposed to ask a question? Oh, I wish we knew beforehand. I had to go back and listen because whoever said marine biologist last, there was a question that we were supposed to tie into that about, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> I'm sure some erstwhile listener will tell us what we're yes. missing. But yes, that, I think, Georgette, I think you're now the third. I think it's yeah. two months that, that we've heard marine biologists. It marine biologists. It's great. Good dolphins. I mean, it's cool. It was a cool profession as a kid. I'm sure it's still cool now. <laughs> yeah, but the singing marine biologist. Yeah, uh, that, that could be my shtick. That might be. That, that's may how you would stand apart. My Halloween costume. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yes, I want to see that Halloween costume. Georgia, who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know? It's a tough question because. The last year slash two years have been kind of bananas. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go with somebody who I think people should just know in general. Um, unfortunately, she's not a huge fan of Twitter uh, for herself. So you'll have to engage in other social media platforms. But I think everyone should get to know Rosalind Joseph. She's a friend of mine. Uh, she is the chief executive organizer of the answer management services, which is her project management firm. We knew each other professionally through new leaders council. That's how we got to know each other was we went through the cohort together and she's incredible. And she cares so much about her community and just the work that she does. Everything is high quality. Everyone should get to know my friend, Russ. Georgette, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? I think for me and what I would tell little G uh, is to. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, I do like that. <laughs> <I'm Sorry. sad. laughs> it's been a long time since you've cracked us up. Like anyone's cracked us up like this. That was, that was great. <laughs> that goes back to that singing marine biologist bit. Yeah. Little G. <laughs> So that's going to be the summary, right? Is like introducing yeah. yes. little G, the sea marine biologist. <laughs> oh my goodness, my face is hot now. <laughs> and the beauty of this is we're going to edit a lot of it, so nobody will know. It's just oh, our time to laugh. But that's <laughs> little G. Oh, yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So what I would tell myself, um, based on what I know now, is to be more vocal. I've always been somebody who likes to process what's being said around me before I say something. But, you know, earlier on in my career, I definitely did not 
speak my mind as much. I would absorb, form my own opinions, have additional questions, but I wouldn't necessarily share that. And so that's what I would tell little G. Georgette, what's your favorite or your most memorable live performance you ever attended? Okay, so I've seen Hamilton a couple times, but I think Town the musical, actually might edge it out in terms of the favorite. Yeah, I don't know if either of you have like heard the soundtrack or know anything about it, but it tells you in the opening song, it's a tragedy. <laughs> it's a Greek tragedy. <laughs> Although that didn't click for me until hours upon hours of having listened to the sound soundtrack and then <laughs> oh try this is gonna be this is sad like the the music is great and it's so lively <laughs> that I didn't realize it like actually is sad but the the tagline of the show is like see the world as it could be I love that concept so y'all should definitely check it out add it to the list Georgette, if you could be on any TV show, either as a character or as yourself, what would it be? Do y'all know The 100? It's not on air anymore. I think it was marketed on the CW as like teen dystopia future show. (laughs) For the 100 people were sent to space or something? The 100 people were sent from space to the ground, to Earth. To like oh. assess if it was inhabitable or not. But the 100 people that they sent were teenage prisoners under the age of 18. Uh, <laughs> oh, I do. I think I think Maggie and I started it. I don't think we got very far. The first three episodes were rough. But once I got to episode four, that's when I was like, okay, you know, I, I can actually like really get into this. That's my personal opinion. It may not be everybody's cup of tea, and that's okay, too. (laughs) If I could be any character on that show, I would say Octavia Blake, for me, has the best character arc slash development from season one through, like, the end of the show. They end up giving her a lot of layers, and she becomes a badass. Recently, it was announced it's going to be Georgette Cartagena Day all over the world. What are we going to do to celebrate? We are eating... Cookie cakes. Cookie cakes? (laughs) We're eating cookie cakes and we are completing like a day of service, right? So we would get up and do whatever volunteer thing we're going to do in the morning or for the day. And then at the end, we celebrate with cookie cakes. So that is my go-to thing that if I ever want to celebrate myself or eat my feelings, I go to Publix (laughs) and I get a cookie cake. (laughs) I I love it because um, you earn it. I mean, not that I think you should have to earn food, but, you know, you go out, you do the work, and then you get a cookie cake. I'm fascinated by this idea. I don't know. That I, I have an idea of what it is in my head, but I don't know if it's the same thing that is at Publix. I don't have Publix here. It's like a giant chocolate chip cookie. Oh, okay. I'm, a, I'll, I'm all over that. Does it, is it the ones with, like, frosting on it? Yeah, they do have frosting on it most of the time. I usually scrape that off and just leave, like, the edge of the frosting on. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I I can get all behind that. Maybe put some. Then, well, because you could, like, heat it up a little bit and then put some ice cream on it. And it'd be, like, fresh. You could. I'm there with you. There with you. All right. Finally, Georgette. As you know, we're outsourcing. So if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be? 
Okay, well, y'all can thank Joey Price for this question because he made me really think. <laughs> so therefore, I'm going to make the next person think. Uh, so my question would be, when was the last time that like you used your voice or your platform for the benefit of someone else? Oh, well, Georgette, Lil G, it has been added <laughs> to the book, so it will be asked very soon. It has been an absolute joy to catch up with yes. you. You broke us, and congratulations, <laughs> because that has not happened in a really, really long time. Yeah. Kudos <laughs> to you, my friend. Great to know all these uh, wonderful things you have happening going on. I know most of our listeners are probably connected, but for those that are not, best way for them to get in touch, intern gal, anything and everything they should know. How do they get a hold of you? Ooh, so on Twitter, I actually recently changed my handle. So I am now intern gal underscore geo, G-E-O, on Twitter. And then you can follow me on Instagram, intern underscore gal. And for anyone who wants to check out my company, it is www.interngal.com. Very hard to find me. (laughs) (laughs) We will have all that in the show notes. And then, Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to reach you out there? Uh, Best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of our twice monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? JohnThurman.com for all things John Thurman and for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share, follow. Whatever platform you're on, just follow and you will get uh, new content each and every week. International listeners, you know the deal. We'd love to have you take part. Make sure that you get in touch because it's Mm -hmm. easier for you to get in touch with us than it is for us to get in touch with you. Yes. Georgette, again, appreciate being with us. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.